today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. What if you woke up one day with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday? Oh my goodness, I... I oh. <laughs> Boy, that changes your perspective, doesn't it? In other words, what if you woke up one morning and you realized that the measure that I have used has been the same exact measure that has been used to me. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. What if you only were given the amount of mercy and grace that you extend to others? Is that a scary thought or a comforting one? In today's message, as Pastor J.D. addresses the lack of kindness in our society, he'll remind us of just how important it is that we reflect the grace we've been given in how we interact with others. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Here, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, and I love this, he affectionately refers to him as his true son in the faith. And to understand why, you need look no further than to the account that we have in Acts, where Paul first met Timothy when he was there in Lystra. He, he mentored him. He was like a spiritual father to him. He fathered him in the faith. And then Paul goes on to tell him, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, who is our Savior, our hope, and our Lord. Pretty much covers it all. But here's what's interesting. This is not how Paul usually greeted the other churches, as we've seen in our study through the Bible. His typical greeting is grace and peace. One has referred to them as the Siamese twins. And it's in that order. It's never peace and grace. It's always grace and peace. And here's why. When you know the grace of God, you'll have the peace of God and the peace from God. Grace and peace. But interesting, he doesn't greet Timothy, his true son in the faith, by saying grace and peace. He says grace, mercy, and peace. And the question becomes, one of why does he add mercy to grace and peace? It should be noted that the only two letters where we see grace, mercy, and peace are to Timothy and Titus, we often refer to as the pastoral epistles. And the reason is because both Timothy and Titus were pastors. Stay with me. (laughs) The reason why Paul would say grace, mercy, and peace 
is because both Timothy and Titus were pastors, and pastors really need mercy. I know this might sound self-serving when I say this, but as a pastor, pastors need mercy more than anyone. It's important to understand that the word for mercy in the original language carries with it this idea of kindness and compassion. In other words, Paul expresses the mercy of God in the sense of showing concern for someone that's in serious need. He's in effect saying to Timothy, grace, mercy, and peace to you, my true son in the faith. Because I know that you have a serious need, and I have compassion for you, Timothy, and I know that you need the mercy of God. I would suggest that pastor or not, there's this need, and again, I would venture to say it is the greatest need that we as believers have, And it's just to be merciful, compassionate, and kind one to another. Just a kind word. Just one. Listen, I can can go a month with one kind word. One kind word. Just. What if I told you that the degree in which we are merciful to one another will determine the mercy shown us? It's true. And so too is this true when it comes to forgiveness. The degree in which we forgive will determine the forgiveness that is shown us. Is that not how Jesus taught us to pray and what we, I think, wrongly refer to as the Lord's Prayer? It's not really the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is in Matthew 17. This prayer is really our prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In Matthew 6 verse 12, Jesus says to pray this way, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Other translations render it, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7, the, the Beatitudes. Isn't it interesting, they're called the Beatitudes, and not the do-attitudes? I know that's kind of weird, but these aren't what you do, this is who you be. I know that's not proper English, don't email me. We need to, we don't do merciful, (laughs) we're to be merciful. And Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. Do you want to know why? For they will be shown mercy. Really? So the blessing that comes upon me for being merciful is that I will be shown mercy. Yeah. How about that? Wow. I, I want to be shown mercy. Be merciful. I mean, that's kind of a mean way to say it. Let me say it. Let me try that. Let me try that again. Take two. Be merciful. <laughs> Was that better? Luke chapter 6. This is an interesting passage. I'm going to read verses 36 through 38. 
It's oftentimes, and you've probably heard it taught in the context of giving financially. I don't see that here. What I see here is this context of being merciful. Listen to what Jesus says, verse 36, Luke 6. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Look at the the equivalency here, the proportionate response. He says, do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. And then he turns it the other way. He says, forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Did you catch that? Now, if you're anything like me, I suspect that you are. This was always quoted from those asking for money. You give to... There's somebody that's going to give a thousand dollars in Jesus' name. And if you will give, it will be given to you, pressed down and shaken together and running over. Wait, let me see. This is a different translation. Let me see if there's anything. No, it's not, it's not money. Mercy. Mercy. Because Jesus is saying that the measure you use will be the measure that's used in return. Somebody sent me a, I hope I don't botch it. It's a gift. I have the gift of botching quotes when I don't have them in my notes. But it goes something like this. What if you woke up one day with only the things that you thanked God for yesterday? Oh my goodness, I... I, (laughs) Boy, that changes your perspective, doesn't it? In other words, what if you woke up one morning and you realized that the measure that I have used has been the same exact measure that has been used to me. I am so convicted right now when I move on to Proverbs 11, 17. (laughs) We just finished the book of Proverbs. What an amazing book, yeah? Listen to 11, 17. The merciful man does good for his own soul. But he who is cruel, merciless, troubles his own flesh. In other words, when you don't show mercy, when you're merciless and cruel, you do so, and you are so, to your own peril. And conversely, that's what I love about the contrasting Proverbs, as we saw in our study through the book, but you have the contrast between righteous and unrighteous. You have the contrast between good and evil, the contrast between foolishness and wisdom. What's the wisdom? The wisdom is, hey, you, you want to bless your own soul? I do. I, I, I want to be blessed. I Hey, listen, I'm the first person I think about when I get up in the morning. I would like to stand here and tell you that 
I think about you all the time. I, that would be dishonest. I don't. I think, I, I'm the person I think about the most. And so are you. So don't look at me all spiritual like that. So I want, I want to be blessed. I want good for my own soul. Okay, you do? Well then, be merciful. I'm getting better at that, aren't I? <laughs> be merciful. Micah 6 8. This is familiar, I'm sure, to most. We've made songs out of it. We've certainly memorized it and quoted it. It is actually very profound because the prophet is writing and basically saying, This is what God has revealed to him that is good and even required. And this is what God's will is for me and my life. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? That's what he requires. That's what's good. It's good for you. And he's shown you this would be good. (laughs) In fact, it's not just that it's good, it's actually a requirement. This is what the Lord requires of me. To do justly, do the right thing. As hard as it is, do justly. Do what's right. And to love mercy. Now that's interesting. Does that mean it's possible? I mean, does the implication here that I could actually not love mercy? Oh, absolutely. What do you mean? Well, we don't really, if you think about it, value mercy. We don't see mercy as rising to the level of being at the top of the list of importance or priority in the eyes of God. You know, a number of years ago, I, well, it was actually when I was a young believer. I still want to say a number of years ago. So if I say like, you know, 38 years ago, then I feel really old. So I'm just going to say a number of years ago, <laughs> when I was a, a new believer, I, my whole vocabulary changed. I mean, that's that regeneration of the Holy Spirit, you know, where He just changes you from the inside out. And He changed me. Oh my goodness. He had a lot of changing to do in me. But one of the things he had to change in me was my vocabulary. And so whenever I would respond to somebody, I would say something like, oh gosh. And then I I just became uncomfortable because it's just a kind of a different way, maybe a more kosher way or acceptable way in lieu of saying, oh God, which would be inappropriate for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. So I, I, I just got uncomfortable saying, my gosh. And I started saying, mercy. And it changed everything. Changed the whole complexion of the conversation. Changed me. And I think it had an effect on the person to whom I was saying, mercy. <laughs> oh, mercy. Mercy me. <laughs> mercy, mercy. Because when you're saying that, what you're saying is, oh my goodness. This, 
This is a situation, this is a conversation that requires, requires the mercy of God. It's a valuing of an appreciation for the mercy of God. James chapter 2, verse 13. This is interesting. James writes, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Think about this. It's not the judgment of God. It's the kindness of God. It's the mercy of God. And if the source from which we draw upon to love comes from Him, then wouldn't it stand to reason that the source from which we draw upon for mercy also comes from Him? In other words, like Romans 2.4 says, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say it's the judgment of God. It's the law of God that leads to repentance. No, it's the kindness of God. It's the mercy of God. I was thinking about it like this. In fact, I mentioned it in the prophecy update. You know how the law of God, the Ten Commandments, is likened unto this mirror that shows us us. Let me say it this way. The Ten Commandments were never given for us to keep. There's no way. Come on. (laughs) I mean, the first commandment, I'm busted right there. I'm, I'm guilty. And then the second commandment, guilty. Third commandment, guilty. Fourth commandment, guilty. Fifth commandment, really guilty. You know what the fifth commandment is, right? My parents made me memorize it. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother upon the land which the Lord thy God, so that the land upon which the Lord thy God giveth thee might be long and blessed. The only commandment that comes with a, a blessing and a promise. The other, the other ones are, <laughs> thou shalt not, or you're going to die, basically. All ten commandments, guilty. So what's the point of the law? It's not for us to keep, it's for us to realize there's no way we can keep it. Because when we see ourselves as God sees us in the perfect law, the mirror of His law, and we see how we fall short, now all of a sudden we're looking for a Savior. And that's when the Holy Spirit comes like a tutor, a schoolmaster, takes us by the hand and says, follow me. Where are you taking me? Oh, (laughs) You, you see what what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 toast with a capital T. Well, that's the bad news, and that's the whole point. Because now that you've seen the law of God, you're ready for the mercy of God. And the schoolmaster takes us by the hand to the Savior, where we find grace and mercy. That's the mercy of God, and that's what changes us. That's what brings us to repentance. Here's a, another marriage illustration, since I'm kind of picking on marriages today. My wife's not here, so I can. Um, 
Here's a scenario, okay, husbands, wives. So you're in this conflict slash argument. I made the comment on Thursday night that my wife, we've been married for 32 years this year, uh, we don't argue anymore. And the collective gasp, from, like much like the response now on Thursday night was, you don't? Is that even possible? Well, yes it is, but not for the reasons you might think. It's not because, you know, I'm such a godly husband. We have such a, you know, godly marriage. It's really because we're at the age now where, you know, you just have to ask yourself, do I possess the energy? <laughs> I was telling my son this, uh, my son Levi this. I said, you know, he's, because he's asked, you know, and so, so have all of our children, you and mom just get along so well. I said, yeah, you know, it's because I'm such a... They, they know better. And I, and I just tell them, the reason is, is because, you know, it just we just don't have it in us anymore. We're really, we're just tired. <laughs> I mean, it just, you, you look at the situation, you go... You know, do I, do I want to, cause, nah, just, you just say, okay, honey, okay. That's it. You know, put another log on that fire, and guess what? It goes out, which is also in the Proverbs, by the way. So here's our illustration, our marriage illustration. You're in a, a, uh, how should I, well, pastors, we call it intense fellowship, as one said. You might call it an argument. You're, in a, you're having a marital argument, a conflict, okay? And you're standing your ground. Oh, yeah? Me? What about you? That's the pot calling the kettle black. And I mean, that's it, man. Just you forget log. Just go to a gas pump and just. What if? Stay with me. What if instead of saying me, what about you? You said to your wife, husbands, because you're the leader, right? Oh, we want to be the leader in our home. Well, why don't you take the lead when it comes to conflict? Take the higher road. So what if instead of saying, me, what about you? You were to say, honey, you're right. I'm sorry. Shame on me. Will you forgive me? Her response might be something like, what'd you do with my husband? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> what do you want? Right? You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from First Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. This can be found on our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of 1 Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of 1 Timothy on In Spirit and Truth. 